FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 373 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked! I'm your host, Jason Venable, and it's time to talk about some Wolverine comics and a little bit of house cleaning. Um, you know, I am the final, <laughs> the final seat of authority <laughs> for, for getting this podcast out, so I say this casting all blame completely on myself, but I want to apologize for being a little late on episodes lately um, that the books we're going to talk about today uh, this episode I meant to record uh, over a week ago and stuff just kind of got in the way and I had you know all my favorite podcasters that I listen well not all of them but a lot of them you know talk about like having kind of a cushion right and I always intend to <laughs> I'm having like some episodes to talk about, particularly for me since I'm covering current books and flashback episodes. I usually try to build up a cushion in my flashbacks. Um, and that's all very well intentioned and very good. And sometimes I'm really good at that. And I'll get like three or four episodes ahead. And if I'm doing one or two a month, you know, that you know, buys me like, you know, some cushion for when things go kind of haywire in my personal life or, and just. Nothing bad, right? Just just busyness, right? We're uh, in a very, very busy time at work right now. It's just hard to, to squeeze out because, you know, podcasting, as much as I love it, obviously comes after work, also comes after family stuff. So, you know, it's kind of, as as much as I love it, you know, it's gotta, it has to kind of be the sacrificial lamb sometimes. <laughs> I know you dear listeners don't want to hear that, and that's okay. But um, anyway, um, but right now I have a, a little while back and eaten through all of my flashback cushion and just haven't had anything to kind of push out in this dead space. So, but the good news is I'm here today and the bad news is I don't really enjoy any of the comics we're talking about today. <laughs> so if you're here for a pick-me-up, <laughs> you might want to wait uh, until next episode, which should be, well... If everything goes according to plan and everything falls right time-wise, the next episode should be epic. I'm talking, like, of major proportions. Um, then, of course, will be the flashback Infinity Gauntlet episode uh, with some very, not one, but two very special guests. Um, but more on that uh, maybe towards the end. Um, what we're going to talk about today are... Those Donovex books that I don't normally talk about with the Excaliburs. Plus, um, I'm not going to make them double dip on this week's Excalibur. Or, I guess, not this week. A couple weeks ago. Excalibur. Excalibur number six. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna take another one for the team and, and do that on my own here today. Um, this is Excalibur six, the beginning of the end. Um, which is, you know, of course, written by... Tini Howard, art by Marcus Toe, colors by Eric Arseniega, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo, designed by Tom Mueller, and the cover by McMahon Azrar and Matthew Wilson. Um, 
I'm really enjoying these covers. This one's okay. It has uh, Apocalypse on his throne of flowers. And flanking him are Richter, Gambit, Rogue, and Jubilee. And then kneeling before him is Captain Britain, uh, Betsy Braddock. The colors are a little flat. <coughs> so maybe is why I don't enjoy this one quite as much. Um, but yeah, but it's fine. It's not nothing bad about it. Just not overly interesting, I guess. Um, so, you know, last time Rogue killed Apocalypse, drained his life force to help fight another world, and so we start off with Apocalypse being resurrected by Xavier and Jamie Braddock. Uh, he and Jamie Braddock form a, a bond um, that's going to come into play in the plot. Um, and basically, our heroes go back to Otherworld to fight under Captain Britain's leadership. So we have uh, Betsy, Braddock, uh, Richter, Gambit, Apaka Rogue, and Jubilee on Baby Shogo Giant Dragon. And they're going to fight Morgan and Lefay in Otherworld, and things are going okay. They're going fine, and then Apocalypse shows up and says, Stop fighting! I'm going to um, negotiate. And so he goes and he negotiates and that there will be a duel for Otherworld. And it's going to be between Captain Britain and her brother Brian. He's now at this Black Knight, right? Uh, almost the, the S&M Knight of Otherworld. And so Rogue and Betsy have a chat. You know, Betsy's not too keen on it. Rogue's like, well, maybe Apocalypse has a plan. Maybe he knows that you can beat him without killing him. And we'll, you know, everyone will win. So Betsy's like, okay, that, that can work. And so they go and they duel and they fight, and but she can't beat him without killing him. So she kills him? Yeah, yeah. She stabs him with this giant sword, this sword of power. And um, then Apocalypse declares Jamie Braddock the ruler of Otherworld. They imprison Morgan Le Fay, uh, and Jamie resurrects Brian uh, to go home with his sister. And then we get a scene of Rogue and Gambit in a Krakoan hot tub. And they're talking about how with her new control over her powers and after purging Apocalypse and all that, that they can get it on. And Rogue talks about the, the law of make more mutants and how she's been thinking really hard about it. And it's actually, these are the best two pages by far. Not just because there's almost nudity in a hot tub. <laughs> but, um... But because of the conversation. The conversation is really, really interesting. And, you know, with kind of having a sideways focus on Gambit on the podcast, um, with Gambit's gumbo, <laughs> the podcast I, I'm not going to do, but want want to do. Um, it's really interesting, you know, obviously their relationship very much in the forefront of who he is right now. And um, Rome kind of talks about, like, I know we're supposed to have more babies, and I know that everyone on this island is expecting us to like maybe kickstart that process <laughs> like be on the the baby watch list and I thought about it and I think maybe someday maybe not but definitely not right now like with the way my powers have worked I've just now gotten to where I can like be really intimate with you and I don't want to interrupt that equation I don't want to add another another piece to the puzzle right now I want it to just be us and Gamma's like and the cats and Rose's like yes and the cats <laughs> And Gambit's like, that's fine, man. I mean, 
if it if we decide we want to later, we'll talk about it later. Right now, let's just enjoy each other, enjoy, you know, being a young married couple and, and being able to actually like, you know, d- without being crass, with you know, being able to actually be intimate together, you know. And so it's a really nice, touching scene that is definitely the highlight of the book. Uh, then we go back to Earth, and Brian has this sword, and he's crying because he failed a test because he gets to choose between an amulet and a sword, but he's, he's so angry after everything that just happened. Has so much residual anger, then he picked the sword, and of course Betsy already has the amulet. But the sword gives him powers, and very much akin to his original Captain Britain uniform with the big lion on the chest. It looks pretty cool. And Betsy's like, "Well, yeah, but you know it's fine." But he's like, "No, people are going to expect when they find out I have powers, the people who don't want you to be Captain Britain are going to expect me to like take it back from you, and I, and I don't want to do that." And she's like, okay, well, well, we'll figure it out. And then we see Apocalypse is uh, doing an autopsy on Morgan Le Fay. He's, uh, I guess, killed her and is um, dissecting her. Or maybe she's still alive and is dissecting her. We're not real clear. Um, the art on this book is still really good. I don't... I'm kind of less and less interested in this other world story as it went along. And really just couldn't really be bothered uh, with Magic Apocalypse and and all this. I just kind of, it really ran out of gas for me a lot, like like hardcore. Um, other than the, the scene between Rogue and Gambit and the dialogue there and just the, uh, you know, the agencies they both showed, um, particularly Rogue, right, that, you know, I can have a baby, but I don't have to, and people shouldn't expect me to, and we'll, we'll do it, and we want to do it. I mean, just a nice, nice conversation, and the idea that they want to enjoy each other. Anyway, I, I, I just went over that <laughs> pretty ad nauseum, so I'm, I don't need to do it again. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> you can, can you tell which part of the book I like the most? Um, but yeah, um, other than that, I just really didn't care, to be honest. Um, so I'm going to give it Scalver six, uh, two out of six claws. So that's going to take us to X Force number six. Oh, wow, we have three number sixes today. Uh, I should have known it was a bad omen. A bad omen. Uh, the mark of the beast. Speaking of the beast, on the cover of X-Force, we have the beast jumping around. Um, so, this is The Master. And is of course, written by Benjamin Percy. Art, uh, new artist, or I guess guest artist, probably. Uh, Steven Segovia. Colors by Guru Effects. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, designed by Tom Mueller. And the cover I mentioned is Dustin Weaver and Edgar Delgado. And we have Beast jumping around, kicking some uh, agents and Secret Service guys while reading a book. So, you know, not... You know, these covers are getting better and better. I'll say that. Uh, this is, I think last time I said, oh, this cover is my favorite X-Force cover so far. Well, now this cover is my favorite X-Force cover so far. Um... So we kind of start with a new story. Um, we have our X-Force team, this time of Wolverine, Domino, Quentin, and Jean in Terra Verda hunting down some, like, um, plant people weapons. So Terra Verda, this country, this little island country in Central America, had developed like, this nano, bio-nano vegetation. What do they call it? Um... Telephoronics. Telephoronics, which is like nano plant stuff. And they're going to use it 
for like medicine, but also you know the ability to weaponize it. And they got really mad at Krakoan because they feel like they kind of did that first. So they feel like the Krakoan uh, flower drugs are like uh, biting their style. So they they've been pretty upset. Have not joined and recognized the mutant sovereignty of Krakoa. Um, and X Force has gone in to, I guess, change their minds? Or no, I'm sorry. They've gone in retaliation. Because before, Professor X and Black Tom. Sorry, the story's out of order. <laughs> Which is fine. That's the storytelling technique. It's my fault for getting confused. Um, I don't know if the rest of this is my fault. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Professor X and Black Tom are visiting Terra Verde to try. To extend a hand, a piece, the president sounds like he's coming around, but then he's attacked by some of his own citizens who are these plant warriors. Uh, Black Tom fights back to protect Professor X, and they're able to win uh, with some minimal damage, but it turns out the, the president's son has been kidnapped. So Beast is like, well, if X-Force can save his son, that gives us a lot of goodwill for him to like sign the treaty. So they do. They go in and they're going to save the sun. There's a very unfortunate panel of uh, Jean Grey coming in a window. Um, and almost like an upskirt kind of art choice that I'm not real happy about. And to counter that point, I saw some rather rude, <laughs> for lack of a better word, tweets on Twitter. that like, hey, if this was anime, I'd have a panty shot there. Um, yeah. I, I'm not in that crowd. <laughs> but um, anyway... Um, so Jean comes in and does her little cool little power thing they've done in this book where she can kind of recreate like psychic residue of what happened in the room. And so they get a beat on where the sun might be held. So X-Force continues to go there. Our, our, our guys continue to fight through as Beast kind of sits around and thinks about what they're going to do. Um, they find out, they find the sun after they cut through all the weeds and the weed people. But it turns out he's a weed person too. And so Beast takes him back and is able to kind of cure him, but it puts him like in a coma. But at least they can return the sun. And Beast is like, well, no one will know that I did this, because he's learned nothing over the last several years from the Bendis run and the tampering with the time stream. You know, he's just going right back to, to pure mad scientist. He's pretty much just Dark Beast, which I don't like that characterization of Beast. I really wanted him to learn from what he had kind of been through and say, maybe I'll be a little more good guy scientist going forward. But anyway, uh, so he, he cures the guy and returns him as a vegetable. Wah, wah, a little on the nose there. But he wakes up and then turns into like plant goo. So whatever Beast did didn't cure him. It made him more of a pure, like liquid plant guy to be continued. Um, the art by Segovia, if you know him, like... It's cleaner than the previous artist. It's not any better. The colors are off quite a bit. Um, I don't know. I just I didn't really. Some of the Wolverine poses and panels are, look nice, and some of the Beast panels look nice, but all the rest like I don't. He, I thought Sagomi was like pretty good at drawing people, and none of his people. I don't know. Some of it is the color. The color work is actually a lot of it. It's kind of like painted style, and it doesn't really work with the art very much, I don't think. Like, it's just, the whole thing just kind of feels incongruous. Like, there's a there's a style of colors you'd expect to go with the style of pencils, and they don't seem to really match up in a way. 
um, that's hard to explain and put words to, so I guess I'll stop. But I, I did not enjoy this story. Um, that's actually kind of a step down from our Court of Peacocks uh, that we've had. Um, it really kind of seems to be inconsequential. Like I, I'm sure this plant guy, like the president's son, will come back. I'm sure of it. Right? And it's, it's kind of a, well, what's the threat to Krakoa? Well, competing medicine in this beast mode is really just to kind of make the country where they can't even make the medicine anymore to give Krakoa more power. Like, that part's kind of interesting, but I'm reading that into the subtext. Like, it's not necessarily the center of the story or even really a minor part of the story. Like, so... I think the story could have been aided by really making it about if Beast is just if he's gonna go Dark Beast, then let him go Dark Beast and let him be like, okay, we're gonna go and we're gonna steal samples, just like people have been trying to steal samples from us, and we're gonna shut this country's economy down, um, so that we can have a monopoly on, you know, plant medicine and magic cures and stuff like it's gonna be us. And that's our mission. And yeah, and they can even throw in, they're like, well, we'll, we'll save the president's son, or we'll, we'll go in and, and do something nice with the president to buy some good... I don't know. The, I guess the motives are not really clearly defined, other than just to have them sign the treaty. But I feel like there's a lot more to this than just having the country recognize Krakoa. And I think maybe that could have been stronger in the story. So combine that with the fact that I didn't really like the art... Um, I'm going to give X-Force number 6 2 out of 6 claws. So next up we have Fallen Angels, which is the, I guess, last issue as far as I know. Um, it hasn't, I don't think I've seen it's been officially canceled, but by all intents and purposes, we know that Hill is at most taking a long, or sorry, at, at wor best, worse, least, <laughs> taking a long hiatus, and I don't think anything will ever come back to this to this story um but maybe i'll be wrong um and this is all in together now fallen angels number six written by brian hill art by simone kradansky colors by frank diamarda letters by vc josebino designed by tom mueller cover by ashley winter and i really enjoyed her x23 covers i have not enjoyed her fallen angels covers very much but this one is the best one probably it has Psylocke or Quanin. No, we we determined she's going to be Psylocke now. Um, with both her psychic blade, the focused totality of her telepathic power, or telekinetic powers, um, and a psychic katana. Her arm is a little separated from her body, her second arm, but, but she looks pretty good. Uh, Laura looks pretty good, though also a little bit weird angle on her hand. Huh. Maybe the actual details of the biology here aren't very good, but... I don't know. It's a nice cover. It's kind of '90s-ish looking, as far as like the the woman's faces and like uh, um, husk screaming. And then we have a uh, bling and kid cable in the back. All right. So number five of this series, like I felt finally landed on like the purpose of the book. And then we immediately forget that and go back to just Psylocke fighting her technological son. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, they're gonna do that. X-23, you know, has her team that she's kind of leading. There is what should be a really cool art 
of Psylocke having growing these like giant telekinetic butterfly wings like the pink. It just it doesn't quite deliver. Like it's a really missed opportunity. Um, the rest of our heroes kind of fight. They're trying to fight these kids without hurting them because um, they're under control of the overclock. Psylocke confronts the overclock and goes like to the astral plane to fight him where there's information and she's able to like cause a massive feedback and gets rid of him and then he goes away like this light form that originally gave Psylocke the vision comes and says I'm the opposite I existed to balance and now you killed him so I'm not necessary and she's like why didn't you just beat him he's like I did I called you I don't know. This is dumb. Um, then we go back to the island where Psylocke and X-23 exchange hugs. Uh, Psylocke takes the overclock to Sinister. He says, I'm not going to throw this away. You know, right? She's like, that's fine. But I, I got stuff to do. I got to figure out what my purpose is. <sighs> do not like the art. Do not like this story. One out of six claws for me. Cannot wait to see... X-23, Laura, and X-Men number 5, which we will talk about with the Excalibur. I was very, very excited about that book. I haven't read it yet. I have it now. I uh, haven't read it yet. Heard nothing but really great things about that that issue. Um, so very much looking forward to, to seeing what X-23 can actually be. Uh, spoiler, may, maybe what, what Alden Wolverine can be in this post Pox, Pox world. I've been waiting to really... Because this book didn't really answer that question, unfortunately. Um, as a Laura Kinney fan, this book really didn't do much at all. It regressed her a little bit, then gave her a little bit of, like, fake growth towards the end, but really nothing substantial for her to do at all, which has been probably the biggest disappointment of the book. Um, yeah, I do also have, real fast, have... Um, one more book I just want to mention. I don't even really know why, because I also didn't really enjoy it very much. But um, Ravencroft has a Dawkins-like cameo. And so we'll talk about it real fast. So Ravencroft, number one, written by Frank Thierry, art by Angel Nzueda, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg and Dono Sanchez Amara. Letters by VCs Joe Sabino, and the covers by Kyle Hotz and Dan Brown. And the covers basically just uh, a front view of the gates of Ravencroft, looking very much like a cross between like Arkham Asylum and Dracula's Castle, or Frankenstein's Castle maybe, or the Castle for Beauty and the Beast. Take pick your castle and match it up with Arkham, and you have Ravencroft. Um, so basically, the story of this is that. Uh, Misty Knight reporting to some white secret cabal is going to go undercover and work at Ravencroft on the staff. Um, she's going to do some like counseling there. And she's trying to do that. But we find out that, that Norman Osborn is going to be in charge of Ravencroft, which really sticks in her craw. And we had kind of a flashback of all his evil personas over the years. We have, of course, have Green Goblin, then Red Goblin, and then his time... Uh, from Dark Reign as Iron Patriot. That's where we get our docking as Dark Wolverine um, panel. Um, so, Wilson Fisk as mayor is appointed Osborne as kind of the head guy at, at Ravencroft, and then he also has like a council. It's a bunch of villains on the council. Really a bunch, of, it looks like a lot. Well, it's Taskmaster, Scorpion, Moonstone, and Hobgoblin. 
And so, of course, Misty Knight's pretty peeved. And that's the story. The art's okay. The story's whatever. Didn't really care. Um, and I kind of, I mean, the idea that, that Kingpin, of course, being a criminal mayor and putting criminals, like, in charge of the institution, like, that's vaguely interesting, I guess. But, um, I don't know. I mean, do I give it three out of six for being okay or two out of six because I don't care? Um... Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, and go three out of six, just to break the, the curve of this episode, to break the tone, to lift the tone a little bit. Um, yeah, so uh, that was the episode. It's going to be really short. I apologize, you know, especially having missed a, a little bit of, of recording time. I hate that my, you know, getting the episode back out to you is only like, you know, less than 30 minutes, but, um, hopefully it's, you know, it's a nice, you know, jaunt to work or whatever, you can enjoy the podcast, and we'll have much more to come really, really soon, should be getting back on track, um, you know, towards the end of this month, going into February, um, so yeah, there you go, so that's gonna do it, um, as always, for the podcast that goes snit, you can like the Facebook page, Twitter is at snitcast, Show notes and stuff for snickcast.podbean.com. So, until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. And snacked.